0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.game, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now, Chris Biederman. He writes for the Sacramento Bee. And we are sponsored by Lamb Chops. It's our favorite clothing brand. SGLambChops.com is the website. You can use the promo code CANDLESTICK20 at that website to get 20% off your order. Or you can follow them on Instagram. Actually, do both. Also follow them on Instagram at SGLambChops. Check out all their latest designs and styles. I'm personally a big fan of their hoodies. And I cannot wait for hoodie season. Wow. This is neat. This is new.
2: Yeah, We're since we have this... This technology on youtube we can actually show what the website looks like uh some screaming deals on some awesome shorts you might have heard us talk about these animal print shorts over here uh you can get them you can get them on sale since uh i need the shark the shorts summer, the summer season yeah those shark shorts look pretty sick summer season's coming to a close uh it's still warm in certain areas uh, including sacramento so uh, still plenty of time to to rock some to rock some shorts but also hoodies and uh hoodies look great that that micro favorite our favorite our favorite hoodie over here is sold out but that just speaks to how awesome lamb chops Uh, the
1: the micro sheet pullover hoodie may or may not be making an appearance at the cooperage event yeah we love that
2: so again quality style comfort cooperage sorry lamb chops (laughs) all the above i'm getting ahead of myself
1: that's my fault. I, I inserted that thought in your brain. SGLamchops.com is a website. Candlestick20 is the promo code to get 20% off your order. Join the herd today. We're also sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. <laughs> CooperidgeBrewing.com. So if you're listening on the pod, we we are on YouTube now. YouTube.com slash Candlestick Chronicles podcast. And Chris has the Cooperage website up on the screen. And he's scrolling through. And he's ordering a case of Cooper uh, of Candlestick Chronicles live right now. That's amazing. What yeah, a cool you can thing. Get, you can
2: get your four packs. You can I think you have to buy a case in order to get it, it shipped to correct. you anywhere within the state of California. 21 and up. Obviously, you guys have heard me talk about Cooperage. Uh, it's super good. It's and so good. It, it's really as good as any um, any beer that's out there. Obviously, you really want to be the envy of your friends at the tailgate. Pull up with a four-pack or f- two four-packs or three four-packs or an entire case, case of Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA. Phenomenal. Everyone will be like, damn, that's the coolest can I've ever seen. Um, and the beer is just as good to match. So, yeah, check it out. Candlestick Chronicles Absolutely. Hazy IPA. And Cooperch has a bunch of other beer. Um, whether you even have a seltzer, whether you want an oatmeal stout, a pale ale, hazy pale ale, hazy IPA. California IPA, um, McCurdy Cove is very famous. It's sold at uh, Oracle Park in San Francisco speaking to the quality. So yeah, make sure you uh, make sure you grab your Candlestick Chronicles hazy IPA because we know it does not last very long. We've had a number of runs now and they tend to, uh,
1: they tend to run out pretty quick. It's going to sell out quick. Cooper's Brewing.com is a website and also 7 p.m Saturday, September 23rd, our event, our live show at Cooper's Brewing in Santa Rosa. Come on out, drink beer, we're going to talk football. We have at least one confirmed guest. We're working on some more, and it's going to be a really, really good time. Did you confirm a second guest?
2: No, I didn't. I just, I don't want to shout out um, our guy on the pod. Well, I'm sure we'll shout him out a little bit later, but we got to we gotta start putting our thumb on, uh, pressing our thumb down on our buddy here to make sure he shows up. He who will remain unnamed until we drop his name later in the pod. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he booked 18 holes of golf to get him there, so fingers crossed he goes. All right, CooperageBrewing.com, order your beer today. Let's talk football.
0: Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles.
1: In yard Quick pass caught by Kittle he dives and he's in touchdown 49ers we need to make a little intro video that we can play there on the on the stream we'll make a we video it'll have our show intro on it that way there's not it'll be great but anyways the Niners take on the Rams week 2 at SoFi Stadium and this is our What's on Tap game preview brought to you by Cooper's Brewing. I think the 49ers are going to roll the Rams. Yeah, that's kind of the consensus, right?
2: Yeah. That's kind of the consensus. You know, week one to week two is always weird, generally. right? Yeah, there there sure. tends to be a lot of the pendulum swinging the other way in week two. Um, I think what's more likely to happen is the pendulum swings back on the Rams in terms of how, how good they look versus Seattle versus the opponent. They're actually getting Sunday in their home opener at home, Mm -hmm. home opener at home and uh, their home opener at SoFi. I just, I I think, you know, rewatching that, that Seahawks Rams game. I said it earlier in the week, but I I just thought Seattle looked awful and I don't really know that there's a whole lot to take away from that game in terms of trying to evaluate the Rams. I think Matt Stafford looked great. But I think Seattle's defense was in a bad spot with really no pass rush. Um, I thought there obviously Seattle was missing uh, Witherspoon, their first-round cornerback, that maybe made things a little bit easier. Um, there's always the element of week one and the schematic stuff that you're that you're sort of unprepared for, unprepared for if you're uh, if you're the Seahawks going against the Rams. So for me, it's it's you know is is this at all a trap game? I, I would be stunned if it were. If the Niner, like given the intensity the 49ers played with in Pittsburgh, if that didn't carry over into week two and like the amount of urgency they played with and how much clearly getting off to a strong start this season means to them for for seeding purposes. Mm-hmm. I just don't think we're the four hours are too experienced to just go into L.A. kind of sleepwalking sleepwalking, in my opinion. So, like, is it a trap game? Maybe I kind of doubt it. I think the Rams might be a little bit better uh, than what their talent says it is, but I still think to your point, the 49ers should roll in this one.
1: Yeah, I, I think if the Rams had just snuck by the Seahawks last week or lost to the Seahawks, I might be a little more worried about the Niners trying to toss their jerseys on the field and and go. But especially with a Thursday night game coming up in, in week three. But L.A. looked really, really good against Seattle, at least at least in the second half they did. But the thing I keep coming back to is Matthew Stafford looked really good, but he was 10 of 18 on throws beyond 10 yards. Uh, beyond 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. And he was only pressured on... Hang on, where are my numbers here? He was only pressured on 9 of his 39 dropbacks, which is not a lot. And... I just I don't I don't think Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua are gonna go for a combined 238 yards receiving yeah. against this Niners defense. It's just I, I the Niners are if anything if Week One taught me anything it's that the Niners are still pretty significantly more talented than Seattle is. Yeah, and I think that's gonna show up uh, against the Rams. I I don't think I I I, I do think Matthew Stafford's good. I've always I've always kind of been a Stafford apologist and I don't think he's necessarily washed and I think we saw that on Sunday but it wouldn't shock me at all if the if coming out of week 2 the consensus is oh Matthew Stafford is not as good as he was in week 1. Cause he was really freaking good in week 1. He looked he wasn't, like prime Matthew Stafford.
2: He wasn't moved off his spot hardly at all. Exactly. Like, watching that game. And yep. like the 49ers pass rush should be miles better. Like they they're going the Rams are going from playing arguably one of the worst pass rushes in the league mm-hmm. to the Niners who have arguably one of the best, obviously. And Nick Bosa is probably going to look better than he was. Um you know I I didn't think Nick Bosa played poorly, but in terms of like the splash plays you're used to seeing from Bosa, they just weren't really there. Um Kirk I Wright. would expect them them to come back in, in this game on Sunday, particularly against a Rams offensive line that just isn't very good. And I don't think the Rams are going to be able to run the ball and when you allow the 49ers to pin their ears back and if the and the Niners can score and jump ahead early, which they probably will, um, mm-hmm. then it's going to be exceedingly difficult for for the Rams to to stick around in the game. So weirder things have happened. We know the Niners have won what nine in a row or eight of nine against eight the Rams. Eight in a row in the regular Mm -hmm. season in the regular season yeah Yeah, not including the nfc championship game but i still think the like the nfc championship game still bothers them like that's that's really sort of the source of inspiration i think for the niners obviously you want to win the game but there's like a little bit extra when you're like going to the spot um where they lost the nfc championship game after the 2021 season um so yeah, Andrew makes a really good point here, but I, I this just... is
1: this is something I wanted to talk about. What Andrew what Andrew posted in the chat. Um, yeah. So Andrew on the YouTube chat said Rams had less than two yards rushing uh, per attempt. Uh, staying one dimensional against the Niners defense probably means two plus Bosa sacks. That's a huge key for me in the Rams' performance last week. Matthew Stafford was great, and that's awesome for the Rams and their rookie receiver Puka Nakua had ten catches and one hundred nineteen yards and two two out broke out. Oh God they ran it 40 times for 92 yards. Yeah. That's not going to fly uh, against the 49ers. And if they're not if they're not able to run the ball, then I don't I don't think Stafford's going to get to sit back and and pick a defense apart the way he did the way he did last week.
2: Yeah, I don't think so either. And at the the big question like broader picture for me is is the start of this season going to look like 2019 when the 49ers are just steamrolling everybody?
1: It kind of feels like it.
2: It kind of feels like we're headed we're headed there,
1: right? Like And that's what that's what I said going into week 1 was if they lost I wouldn't panic because it's week 1, but if they looked great I would think that they were going to rip off like four or five in a row to start the season. And that's kind of where I'm leaning.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. Like I generally try to avoid being super hyperbolic, but like the Super Bowl, the the singular focus on winning the Super Bowl seems to be there like this 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 team, I think, and you know it's been written about a bunch, but this team is really cognizant of the fact that this window is not going to be open forever, yep, and this group of players is not going to be around forever, and so mm-hmm. while it's here, before Brock Purdy starts you know potentially making 40, 50 million dollars a year, whatever he's going to make in a few years, if he ends up signing a, a second contract. Like it's going to be really difficult to keep this band together, even starting this off season. When you talk about Brandon Ayu getting a contract, um, yeah, you know, and and potentially having to, I mean, they have space; they roll it over. Obvi- that that's a different discussion. But just like, sure, there seems to be a singular focus on getting to the Super Bowl this year, and they they've been. This is a battle-tested team. Obviously, they've been in the position where you know they've slept, walked, or just played poorly early on in the season. Mm-hmm. Everyone is largely healthy, right? Like yep. George Kittle's dealing with whatever he's dealing with, but other than that, it seems like all the all their best players are healthy and they all just understand that like we can't drop games early in the season because they are so focused on getting that one seed because we've seen them go to the Super Bowl when they had the one seed. Yep. They yeah. They want to host the NFC Championship game. I think ultimately that's the goal and that's why you see them come out with the intensity with the focus that they had in week 1. And with a division opponent against the Rams, where who beat them in the NFC championship game a couple of years ago, they're still going to look at that as motivation. Even if Cooper Cup isn't out there, even yeah. if Von Miller and all those guys that, that helped the Rams win that game are not there. Mm-hmm. That are still, you know, walking into that building, there's still I, I think there's still that feeling for them. And I I would just be really surprised at this point, given everything they've been through, if they just thought they could sleepwalk with a win over the Rams.
1: I love the idea that. Anytime they face a player from that team, they just lock in. And they host the Ravens on Christmas Day. They're like, is that Odell Beckham Jr.? Oh, sh- dial it up, boys. <laughs> That's a super funny idea to me. So this game specifically... So the Niners and Rams are both, are both 1-0 at the top of the division. And the Cardinals are 0-1, Seahawks 0-1. And I know it's only week two, so I don't want to blow this way out of proportion. But the winner of this game... Could have a, would be in a really, really good spot in the top of the NFC West where the Cardinals are are not going to be very good. And I don't think they're going to lose to the, I don't think they're going to the, they're gonna beat the Giants at home. And then Seattle has to go play Detroit in Detroit. I don't know if you saw Detroit Ford Field during the Lions road opener, but it was packed and loud for for a road game of people just watching on the Tron. So I think that's going to be a really hard place to play. I think the Lions are, are going to be pretty good, and I think Seattle's going to lose. So if that happens, it's two teams at 0-2. The winner of this game is the only 2-0 team in the division, and they have the tiebreaker over the 1-1 team, and they're two games up on two other teams. Like I said, it's 18-week season, so that may wind up not mattering. But when you just kind of start projecting out long-term and you're looking for reasons for the Niners to not overlook a team that has a bunch of players that they probably don't even recognize, then I think that's one of them. Where they're looking at this going, there's an opportunity to wrap up this division. Would they wrap it up in week 15 last year? To wrap it up around mm-hmm. that same around that same time frame again this year.
2: Yeah, it was that Thursday night in Seattle, that December game. I right. forget which week it was. But yeah, I just... You know, it like I think it'll just be one of those games where we learn about sort of the maturity of the team. Yeah, right. Like they, like they could easily walk. Is Brock
1: Purdy ready for this moment? I'm sorry, keep going. They,
2: they could definitely walk in and just be like, "Yeah, we're just gonna roll these dudes," and then kind of get hit in the mouth, and then it turns into like an intense game. Like that could Mm -hmm. absolutely happen. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Mm -hmm. But what I'm expecting is them to be like, "No, we've." We we know we cannot mess around early in the season and we just yeah. have to put our foot down. Like the Rams, bottom five roster in the league, is that fair? Particularly without Cooper Cup.
1: <sighs> yeah, without without Cooper Cup for sure, but with man, <laughs> when you have Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford, it's hard to be like their bottom five, but I, it went top to bottom probably.
2: Yeah, in terms of depth, like
1: I don't know. Let's go through each roster. Okay. <laughs> Carolina. No. <laughs> um I'm looking at these PFF pass rushing stats because I think that's where the tone is going to get set for the Niners. Uh, Even if they get the ball first and they go down and score, if they're not getting a pass rush on their first drive, on their first defensive drive, I think that's going to spell a little bit of a problem. But if they're hitting Matthew Stafford on the first series and they get a sack or they force a fumble, I I think that there's a chance that this game just kind of snowballs for L.A., I went to go look at Seattle's pass rushing grades on, on PFF mm. pro football focus has Seattle down for 11 pressures in week one, two quarterback hits, no sacks. Their highest graded pass rusher was safety Kobe Bryant with a 64.3 pass rushing grade. That's like booger green. It's an ugly shade of yellow, I guess. Is the right, and I don't think that's because, and and I don't think that's because the Rams have a dominant offensive line. No, I think it's because Seattle can't pass rush anybody. And then if you flip the if you flip that the other way, one of your concerns for the Niners, right, is the right side of their offensive line. But you go and you look at the the Rams' top pass rushers. Have you heard of any of these players? Aaron Donald, (laughs) no, yes, uh, Michael. (laughs) Michael Hecht, H O E C H T.
2: He is the dude who I think is going to be a mark, like Kyle Shanahan has circled ninety seven, and is like yeah. he's going to be <laughs> the dude that is on an island trying to cover like Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Kyle Usech. Even like watching that game against Seattle, I was he, he's like an outside linebacker, so he just looks. Like Kyle Shanahan is just licking his lips. Like I'm, I'm gonna run this guy ragged all over the field and and target him as much. Well. Hey, bro,
1: <laughs> have you ever looked at a picture of Michael Hecht? I have not. No, I just watched him play. He looks like Brendan Fraser. If Brendan Fraser never got famous. <laughs> I think that's the best way I can describe this man's face.
2: I feel my take. It, I feel so much more confident in my take knowing that, though.
1: Thank you. He definitely. This is the worst guy at the club (laughs) every time you go to the club. This is the guy standing outside of Omni in Vegas Mm -hmm. in a button-down shirt and jeans and bitching that he's been in line for an hour and 15 minutes. Sure. Anyways. I can see that. I mean, that guy's that I don't like his face. just complaining it.
2: about how he knows one of the promoters. He's like, bro, A thousand percent, bro, just, just ask Steve, tell Steve I'm here, man. Rolling I heard the beastie plot, boys were going to be there five dudes and no girls, and just
1: dude, just
2: tell Steve I'm here.
1: <laughs> uh, Ernest Brown, the fourth, do anything for you?
2: Yeah, I mean we can do this. We can do this Zach, with the entire Rams roster.
1: Zach Van Valkenburg.
2: He's not. That's not a real person.
1: Zach Van Valkenberg looks like Baker Mayfield, but with a shitting grin on his face. That's what I didn't I got know there.
2: till week one. Akela Witherspoon was a starter for the Rams.
1: Yeah, did you see he's hurt because he got lit up by DK Metcalf? I did. It's a tough scene uh, but for my I think guy.
2: he's, I think it was a full participant in practice. So I think uh, Christian Brothers' finest is going to be back.
1: Love to see that for Akello. CU's finest. Yeah. Go Buffs. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think the, the, <laughs> I don't think the Rams are going to be able to get after the quarterback, and I don't think they're going to be able to block the 49ers. And no, I don't think so. When either. that's the case in a game, it's just really hard to, to imagine the Rams coming out and, and finding a way to win it. The talent gap is just vast.
2: Their only hope is Aaron Donald, just like feasting on Spencer Burford. And I don't even think that's like Kyle Shanahan as, as much of a headache as Aaron Donald is, Mm -hmm. Kyle Shanahan has figured out ways to sort of negate Aaron Donald by way of Pop, you know pop passes to Debo Samuel quick passing game play action like there are a lot of different things that Kyle Shanahan has in his arsenal to Mm -hmm. to get the ball out of Brock Purdy's hands quickly particularly Mm -hmm. since the 49ers have so many good pass catchers available to Brock Purdy so it's like you know unless the Rams score 30 points and the 49ers have to drop back 45 times I just have a hard time seeing the Rams being able to dictate anything to the Niners. And if the Niners are dictating everything and the defense is playing well, and they have a good mix of run and pass and they're able to utilize play action and all that. I just, I I don't see any world where the Rams, where the Rams keep this close.
1: Do the Rams get in the end zone three times? No, I don't think so either.
2: If they do the third ones like garbage time.
1: Yeah. I just don't, I don't think, yeah, I just I don't think they have the horses. They're not. I just they're not built for this. And I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be fine. I I don't think the Rams are gonna be terrible. I, I was uh, the fact that Sean McVay had him as ready to play as as he did in Seattle was was impressive, and and some of the performances they put out were were definitely impressive. And I think McVay with so many young players is going to have them motivated to play every week where it's not going to be just super easy to play the Rams. Like it might wind up being super easy to play the Cardinals or whatever. But like I said earlier, the talent disparity between these two teams, when you just start stacking up player for player is so, so wide.
2: Completely agree.
1: If you're drafting, if we're drafting players from the Rams and Niners, Aaron Donald and Cooper cup, are in the top eight or 10, right?
2: Aaron Donald's probably one of the first three players you take.
1: Yeah, I think, I think so too. And Maybe then even Cooper, the Cut- one. and then, Co- so uh, we'll say they're two of the first five picks. We'll just true. go with that, whether it's true or not. And then how long do you have to go before you get to another Ram?
2: Uh, I mean, probably, you're like, ten, Stafford probably like... like seven or eight. You sure? That scenario. Yeah. Man. I mean, but that, take it. Take away the non, the non quarterback, the non quarterback picks. Like, it's like Tyler Higby taking him like 12th.
1: Maybe. <laughs> I mean, what does Tyler Higby do better than Charlie Werner? Tell me that. <laughs> play, play football. <laughs> Stop. That's mean. That's not um. Mean. It's not this just, is the other thing, it's, Aaron. It's, it's, Aaron it's, uh, is in the in the YouTube chat. Again, YouTube.com is search Candlestick Chronicles podcast and subscribe there, please. If you're like, if you're watching live, go ahead and hit that like button. If you're listening on the pod, subscribe wherever you get your pods. No, keep this one up there. Um, <laughs> he, he says no, no penalties limit Aaron Donald. And I, I would agree with the no penalties thing. They had 11 penalties last week. That's way too many.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah I think, uh. Colt McKivitz is going to be somebody definitely worth watching. We talked about it a little bit on the pod earlier in the week, mm-hmm. but I think yeah, the 49ers are prepared to like check out the trade market for tackles if Colton McKivitz just is a real liability.
1: If not, famous Brendan Fraser just gets loose on Colton McKivitz, there'll be a problem.
2: They'll need to make a trade like next how do I,
1: week. How do I screen yeah. share? I want, to show, I want to show everybody what I'm looking at here. Hit, uh, hit present. <laughs> this well, is good inside baseball this is, here. This is good potting. Yeah. I'm making sure there's nothing egregious on my on my computer here before <laughs> I share. <laughs> um okay, so I hit this. Where do I hit present? Uh hit, do Oh, present. I see.
2: Share share screen. Bang bang. Use your window. All
1: right, this yeah. is great. Great for the audio.
2: Yeah, really good. Right, what you got? Share screen.
1: Here we go. Okay. See, I'm. Okay. Let's move on. All right. No, hang on. Hang on. Oh, here we go. Oh, baby. Look at this guy's face. Look at this face.
2: Why has it taken so long?
1: Um, because my computer's hella old. Okay. Look at this man's oh. face. <laughs> Is this man cooking the 49ers? Is this man getting loose on Colton McKivitz? <laughs> no chance. If the mummy doesn't exist, if the mummy franchise never happens, and instead of Brendan Fraser they ask somebody else to be in scrubs. <laughs> Brendan Fraser is sitting at home looking exactly like this right now.
2: They don't even have his DOB, man.
1: A little bit a little bit sad. I get a little bit sad in the eyes. Oh, Michael Heck. He's going to have like six sacks on on Sunday and I'm going to Yeah, Saturday.
2: I just I I
1: wasn't super
2: impressed with Old 97. Yeah. Um you want to take a quick break for the for the audio version and then yeah. get back to uh back to our prize picks? Yeah.
1: Definitely. <laughs> All right, y'all, 49ers football is right around the corner and it is more fun to be there live for 49ers football. When you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the 49ers in the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. They have, I'm telling you, the interactive seat map, bro. It gives you 360 degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And that's super key. Obviously, being in the stadium, being part of the atmosphere, the vibes is are, are very necessary. Those all matter. But being able to sit and get that 360-degree view from your seat so you can know exactly what you're going to be looking at on game day, that matters so much. Whenever I go to a new stadium, I love I, I love going to different stadiums and experiencing different venues. I always type in that stadium and 3D seat view so I can get an idea of what my seat is going to look like in Ticketmaster offers that for you. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, they got the mobile tickets, which make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. That's right. Get it in red and gold. Go do that right now. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash 49ers. Hey, it's your friends Kyle and Chris here with SG Lamb Chops, our homies. And... Our favorite fashion brand. Check them out at sglambchops.com. Go to Instagram and follow them at SGLambchops. What's that? That's a Minnesota-based fashion brand. They were founded in 2012, and they emphasize attention to detail and premium quality, and that's reflected in the Lambchops brand Cleaver logo. It's so sick. It's such a sick logo. It's just a really clean, just a cleaver, and it's a custom cut and fit for every single piece Chris, you and I both have a closet full of this stuff and I've yet to have something from them that I don't like.
2: I think the emphasis is definitely on quality and comfort. And we talked about it before, but we live in an era where comfort is really at the forefront when it comes to clothing. And with all these athleisure brands, very few of them are fashionable, but Lamb Chops takes all that comfort and that quality that you need. And they happen to make very fashionable items also you can get just very comfortable mesh shorts with pockets we all love those but they can look a little bit boring sometimes you can get some leopard print you can get some inverted leopard print so the inverted leopard print looks kind of cool it looks almost like a dark camo well you can get regular leopard print if you want to stand out a little bit Um, you and I have both rocked the various animal prints they're not even animal prints but they're just you can get shorts with Orcas and wolves and lions, mm. favorite animals. Um, you can get basic sweatshorts. Um, everything's just super comfortable, super premium, and super stylish. And I think that's that's just a great combo for for any clothing brand. But Lamb Chops really stands out among the rest for that. And uh, that's one of the reasons why we love working with them.
1: Lamb Chops is leading the herd with original and high-quality clothing. They offer one-of-a-kind clothing options from unique statement pieces to your everyday essentials. So, join the group that's leading the herd, SG Lamb Chops. That's sglambchops.com. And on Instagram at SG Lamb Chops. Follow them right now. Cross platform. Shout out. We're so multimedia, bro.
2: For sure.
1: Multimedia AF. All Price
2: right. How many picks did you make? Because I got four.
1: Prize picks time. Yeah. I have three picks. Okay. I probably.
2: I'll do three and then a and then a bonus
1: one. I'm such a ween when it comes to this stuff, man. I just I I I talk myself into something and then I just decide that I'm gonna be wrong. Sure. Like I love doing the daily fantasy stuff with prize picks. It's super fun. I've been on there every single day jumping through all the different sports, watching college football on Saturday, jumping on prize picks. I have the app. You can also go to slash candlestick. And if you use promo code candlestick while you're there, they'll uh, match your deposit up to a hundred dollars. And I'm on prize picks and it's great. They have first half stuff, they have second half stuff. So I got in late on the Colorado Nebraska game, but I, I got a couple of I got a I got an entry put together for the second half of that one. And it's just a way more fun way to to watch sporting events that don't involve teams that you like or, or cover. Yeah. And so I I, the the daily fantasy element of of all this has been has been super fun.
2: The more than or less than, you know, yardage stuff is super fun to play. And you can do flex plays. You can do power plays. A flex play is more is safer. Like you can you can make four plays and you can miss one but still cash in. Whereas a power play is exponential. Right. So you have to hit all of them. Yep. To, uh, to hit but it's you know you, and you can cash out at like 5x multiples depending 5 even more depending on how uh, how many how many entries you play so yeah it's super fun it was a little frustrating last week with Kenny Pickett hitting the more than like late in the game in garbage time but I, I feel good about my picks again this week I, I felt good about them last week I think I would have cashed out if I did a if I did a, a flex play rather than a power play um, mm-hmm. but I'm liking I'm liking what I got so far this week.
1: See, that's where that's where I, I always go flex play because I don't believe in myself.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Thanks. That's fair.
1: All right, I'm going to start with mine. And I believe my... in you. Can, can we say that I believe in you? Thanks, dog. <laughs> Preach. So my 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 first my first the first entry I have on my on my on my entry is. I have Christian McCaffrey more than 66 and a half rushing yards. And I was looking this up today. Christian McCaffrey, since Brock Purdy took over in week 13 last year, has three games where he has fewer than 66 and a half rushing yards. One was a blowout win over Washington where he only played 75% of the snaps. There was the week 18 blowout win against Arizona where he played half the snaps. And then there was the playoff game against Dallas where Dallas's defensive line cooked. Other than that, he's gone well over 66 and a half for rushing yards in all of them. So I'm going with more than 66 and a half rushing yards for Christian McCaffrey. I like second. Second. I have Debo Samuel more than 50 and a half receiving yards. The fact that he only had five catches last week for, I think it was 55 yards makes me think that this might be a big game for Debo. He always seems to kill the Rams he might get 50 and a half on one short throw that he breaks six tackles and takes to the house. So I really like Debo to have a big week this week. I'm going more than 50 and a half yards there. And then I
2: I also have that one. Can I just say, yeah, Debo has more catches, more yards and more touchdowns against the Rams than any other team. Um, And he catches 81% of his targets against the Rams. Typically uh so yeah 48 catches or sorry 48 targets 39 catches 555 yards six total touchdowns um I also have Debo in the more than yardage play I like that a lot Mm -hmm. um I can we can talk about why but I think this is going to be like an example of like oh Brandon Iuke went off one week Christian McCaffrey went and then then the next week it's Debo and it's somebody else I think it's going to be it's going to be game plan and matchup specific I would like the Niners as good as they are from like a fantasy perspective might end up being really frustrating. Cause you're like, Oh, I, you blew up. Like, I'm just going to play him every week. And then it's like, yeah, he was, he was a little quieter while Debo or someone else went off.
1: Yeah. And I think Debo just plays, and this is one of those stupid football things that I can't quantify, but I think Debo just plays a brand of football. The Rams can't play. It just, they don't, they, <laughs> they don't, ever seem inclined to match his tenacity. At least in, in the instances I'm, I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Even in, was it week two last year, the Monday night game against the Rams, where he had that, that sick leaping catch and then broke a bunch of tackles and scored a touchdown?
2: It wasn't and that, week, was the... it was, uh, that was an early October game.
1: Okay, so it was early in the well, year. It
2: wasn't week two, but early
1: in the year, yeah. And that was Debo when he was quote-unquote awful and sluggish so i'm I'm right there. there's so much versatility with this offense, I think 50 and a half receiving yards, more than 15 and a half receiving yards is, is yeah, a lot. He, for he averages 79.3 receiving yards against the Rams. <laughs> jeez that's wild. So. my my third selection here is Ram's tight end Tyler Higby. I'm going less than 45 and a half receiving yards. It's really hard for tight ends to get loose against 49ers. I, yeah. no pun intended
2: sure i like that one all right i went yeah, matt yeah. matt stafford uh more than 228.5 i just think this this game has a chance a of garbage time to get away from the rams and there could just be like stafford throws for 150 yards on the fourth quarter i
1: really like that pick by you
2: yeah two twenty eight and a half just seems like a really low number and it might not even be indicative of like how the game goes like the niners could dominate the game Mm -hmm. and then like we look up and like oh Stafford threw for like 280 that's not that bad but like like I said like 150 of them come in the fourth quarter yeah um I went Debo more than 50 and a half receiving yards I think that's a layup based Mm -hmm. on all the information we've had um Kittle George Kittle I have more than 40 and a half receiving yards I just think it's you know like the the same thing that we say about Debo sort of applies to Kittle in that like mm-hmm. he generally plays really well against the Rams and a lot of his um in terms of like opponent stats a lot of his best numbers are are against the Rams um and like the reason i said like you know i think you could be a little quiet this week because we see Debo and Kittle go off okay. i think uh i think i think that's what it's going to look like cuz like Kittle it felt like was not really part of the passing game because he was needed to block a lot last week. And it's, and it feels like, you know, the the pendulum will swing the other way a little bit on that this week. Um, So those are my three, my bonus one, Cam Akers, fewer than 32 and a half uh, rushing yards. And this is solely about the fact that I think Kyron Williams is going to end up leading them in carries. Okay. Um, so I don't I don't think the Niners are going to give up many rush yards at all. But if they do, I think Kyron Williams is is going to be the guy that gets more gets more carries than Acres. So I'm going as a bonus pick, fewer or less than thirty two and a half rushing yards for Cam Akers.
1: One of the things I learned on Prize Picks is that they don't do, and this is why I like your Stafford pick even more. They don't do net passing yards. Mm. So they don't take away the yards lost for a sack. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah.
2: I think I, I, another big key to the game is just like you hit I'll Stafford. That. that might be wrong. You, you hit Stafford once or twice, like early on. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's that that's he's the type of quarterback at this point in his career where you hit him hard once or twice. And, I, and he's tough as hell. Right. This isn't to say he's not right. tough but like you hit him early on and it it could impact him for the rest of the game. He's just dealt with so many different injuries and you know all the credit in the world to him he plays through all of his injuries but like he's definitely the type of dude where you could get him early in the game and it sort of sets a tone like and he just can't get comfortable because he's taking shots. And that's ultimately what happened in Seattle, right? Like you pointed it out, they didn't hit him hardly at all. They yeah. didn't move him off his spot. And so yeah. he was able to get real comfortable in the pocket. He's the type of guy where given his the injuries that he's dealt with, you can rough him up a little bit. And I think yeah. that that's how you get some picks late in the game too.
1: Yeah, starts getting rid of the ball a little bit early, starts bringing his eyes down looking at the defensive line. I'm I I'm right there with you. And it feels like it feels like Stafford is good for two interceptable passes a game at least. At least just by virtue of being a gunslinger and trying to trying to either take a shot or trying to fit a ball in a tight window. Yeah, I I think the game script is really, really nice for your picks. Where uh, going. Rams are wearing,
2: how do you feel about the Rams wearing their white uniforms
1: at home? Hey, here's an original joke. <clears throat> That's what teams wear on the road. <laughs> oh,
2: right, because it's Levi's South?
1: Yeah. Thanks. Nice.
2: Yeah, clever.
1: Um 8000th person to say that.
2: I just like why? I don't opener, I don't I like, don't get why?
1: the I don't know. Maybe it's because they won in their white uniforms last week and so they don't want to mess up the mojo. But <laughs> it's just feeding into the bit.
2: I mean, I don't The whole hate stadium's
1: the, the whole is going to be red.
2: Right. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like uh, at least like lean into like it's your home stadium. Wear your home uniforms.
1: Right. Like give out blue t-shirts and wear blue. What are, what are, it's a layup, but like I said, maybe it's a mojo thing.
2: But I do think if they go white, white jerseys with the yellow pants, like that's probably their best overall look. I would, Mm -hmm. I would argue, unless they, I don't know how often they go with, like with their new uniforms with the blue pants or the blue uniforms and yellow pants. Um, I just think they should Hmm. always wear their yellow pants. I think they're bone. You're out on the blue
1: pants. You're out on the blue pants.
2: I'm out in general on just like monochrome like uniforms, like same, like the same uh, color on the, on the Jersey and the pants. I'm just generally out.
1: Okay. That's fair. And you're also big on multicolored socks.
2: Yeah. You okay. need contrast with the socks. The socks cannot be the same color as the pants. You just look like you're wearing a unitard in that case. <laughs>
1: um, Excellent.
2: Yeah, Niners the Who's pra- House Ram's House thing is uh, probably the most annoying chant in the NFL.
1: Yeah, especially. Yeah, I, mm, I don't love it. Like I mean, they really the, thought the Niners, they did something there and they didn't. So Right.
2: Especially the thing is with it, it's like it's one thing if a PA guy goes whose house, Ram's house, like once, but mm-hmm. he does it like six times in a row. And it's like, God man, we we get it. It's like it's there's like, no the we, the crowd's we not participating. House, we know whose house this is. Yeah. And it's like they're not gonna win the like the the chanting battle when it's like seventy percent Niners fans.
1: Yeah. Um
2: so, yeah, yeah. The, the Niners are up there with the, the 300 chance.
1: I was right about to bring that up. It's, I was yeah. just going to like punt that to Narnia, dude. That that is from Candlestick and not even like an OG Candlestick thing. That is from Candlestick, like 2013. Get rid of it. Yeah. It's done.
2: I don't think the crowd participates in it. I think it's like, I don't know. Did, did 300 as a movie age all that well? I don't think so. I,
1: it's definitely that movie that came out when people of our age were like high school slash early college. Early and it was just a for sure. And just Gerard Butler was just a revelation as Spartacus or whatever his name is. And he's kicking dudes into into pits. Yeah. Like, eh, that's like the Matrix. OK, I recently watched the Matrix for the first time. <laughs> we're off the rails. Didn't age great. Really? No, it gets fine. But I could see why it was mind-blowing in 1998 or whatever sure. whenever that came out. But now I'm just like, okay, it's fine. Anyways, final prediction, what's your score for the Niners Rams? I think oh, another another prize pick. I'm going to be checking for I haven't seen it yet on the bo- on the uh in the app. But if Brock Purdy's more than less than TD passes is one and a half. I'm going more than, and I'm going to put together an entry just to have that selection.
2: We we can check right now.
1: Brock Purdy has gone two plus touchdown passes in every single one of his starts as a pro in the regular season. He's at one and a half more than less than. Yeah. See, that's a, I'm, I'm going to build one. I'm going to build a prize picks entry right now with the more than that. And I've never had
2: fewer than two, right? Correct.
1: So, I'm going to I'm going to ride with him on that. And I <laughs> I think the Niners win 30 I think they win 34 20. I like that.
2: I'll go I'll go 30 to 30 to 17 um with the Rams with it being like 30 to 10. And then, like, the Rams getting a cheap touchdown late. I think Kittle's going to score twice.
1: Okay. I like I think that. think he might have like both,
2: both Brock Purdy's touchdown passes. Or two Love of that. Brock Purdy's touchdown passes.
1: Love that prediction. I, I think the Rams might come out and, like, score on their first drive. And maybe yeah. look good doing it. Where Sean McVay is just in his bag, and he's throwing a bunch of curveballs at the Niners, and they're just not ready. And... The Rams go down and and score, and it, you the broadcast is like, oh, and the Rams picking up where they left off last week, blah blah blah, and then the gas runs out immediately.
2: Yeah, that's what happened in the 2019 game. You remember, like the Niners went down. Which there, one? The the one in LA, week at seven? the Coliseum. Yeah, in 2019, I think the Rams yeah. went down and scored pretty easily on their first drive.
1: I think they ran it seven times.
2: Yeah, and then the Niners just. Whoop their ass the rest of the way,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was tough. Yeah,
2: not not Jared. Kevin Coleman had a touchdown
1: in that one. Jimmy Garoppolo had a rushing touchdown, I think.
2: Kittle had a couple big plays in that game for sure.
1: Well, and that was the one. So that <laughs> that was a game where I think Justin School started at left tackle.
2: Yeah, the Niners. If I'm were missing, Niners were missing both tackles in that. And
1: use check. And Ross Dwelly played Juszczyk, fullback.
2: Yeah. Ross Dwelly. Yeah. And
1: it was. I think the Niners like first or second offensive snap. I might be misremembering this, but Aaron Donald lined up on the edge and I don't think school got a hand on him and Donald's blew past him. Yeah. And I remember being like, I don't know how they stopped that. I don't know. The Rams are going to do that all game. I don't know what they're going to do. Right. <laughs> um, Oh yeah, that's right. I Oof. had another
2: thought. It was tough. It's eluding me. It's eluding me at the moment. But, yeah, I think I the think Nair's win pretty comfortably.
1: Me too. Anything else? I don't think so. Make sure to go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick. We need to make a banner for this. Prizepicks.com slash candlestick. Promo code is candlestick. You get a deposit match up to $100. It's legit been having such a good time doing the daily fantasy thing. And we'll be doing it Sunday. We'll be absolutely putting together some entries on Saturday for college football. The college football ones are funny because it's just caution to the wind. I just it's all vibes for me.
2: Was the uh, wood gravy ass in the chat the the one where Sean McVay ran into the end zone? That was, was that week the eighteen twenty twenty one. That was the week 18, 2021. Yeah, they went
1: up fourteen nothing, and McVay was down there. Yeah, in the end zone, and nothing was the same.
2: There's got to right. be some element of the Niners just like mentally having the edge over the Rams.
1: Yeah, even if even if it's subconscious, or if you're Sean McVay and you know that that the Niners have just kind of had your number, do you go into the game plan and like, okay, I'm thinking this, but they know I'm thinking this, so actually we're gonna do this, but then they know that I know that they know, like, and that just kind of spirals. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I'm not inside his head, but I could definitely see that being a thing. One more prediction: Kyle Shanahan oh. isn't inside his head, but he, the Niners, just kind of are. Mm -hmm. yeah anyways
2: one more prediction speaking to that point how much the the niners are in sean mcfay's head i think we see something tricky on special teams whether it's a fake punt or an onside Mm. kick or uh some some from the rams to try to try to get a spark since they know they're at you know pretty substantial disadvantage
1: yeah so i could see that
2: I had something hmm. really smart to say and it's eluding me and it's it's annoying. So
1: you, you um. mentioned you said something tricky on special teams and I was like I was like from the Niners. <laughs> is Jake, Jake Moody
2: gonna handle kickoffs today? Is the third round the on third Sunday? round kicker or Sunday? Is the third round kicker gonna gonna like, you know, participate? I'm gonna go Jake in, Moody
1: and... more I'm gonna go Jake Moody more than half a kickoff. <laughs> I think he's gonna do it. I think our guy's dialed.
2: I, I just hope his legs better, man. It's, got, it's gotta be tough. I'm sure, I'm he's really so battling happy for him.
1: It. <laughs> I'm genuinely so happy for him. Uh, I lifted up my hat, and my hat left a giant red mark in the middle of my, uh, in the middle of my forehead. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I genuinely, like, I would have really felt bad for him as a person if he just blew it in his NFL season opener.
2: No, he had a good game. Now let's just, you know, they, one of the big reasons they brought him in was because he has a big leg for kickoffs. Like, yeah, battle through your little quad injury guy and let's, you know, let's Jesus. get
1: thing <laughs> Okay. I'm not Stay one it. to talk. I'm not one to talk. I stopped playing golf because my feet hurt. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you were, if you were,
2: if you were like, whatever the equivalent is of being a third round pick in golf is, and you were like dealing with hurt feet, I would, you know, I would make fun of you just the same. But like, just just grit grit through your your leg injury, third round kicker. Let's do this.
1: Okay, I'm done talking about this now. Subscribe, Um, rate, review. Do all that.
2: Yeah. Hey, give us likes on, uh, on YouTube. We very much appreciate it. That'll help the algorithm subscribe to the YouTube channel, five-star reviews on Apple and and Spotify, wherever you listen, all that stuff helps a lot. It sure Um, does. We're, we're venturing into this new world of YouTube. So any help we could get would be greatly appreciated. And, uh, I'm sure we have some loyal listeners who are migrating over to YouTube. So spread the word, tell your friends and, uh, we, we very much appreciate all the support. And come to Cooperage September 23rd, Saturday, Please. 7 o'clock.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Please come out. It's going to be super fun. We're there to hang out with y'all. So we're going to do a quick little live show that's not recorded. We have a great time with it. We drink beer. We talk football. We eat really good food with whatever food trucks out there. And, well, have a good time. So thanks, yeah, everybody, great. for listening, watching. And but we will talk to you next time. Wood Gravy, oh, just shout out to you. The camera's exactly the same. I just improved the lighting. Well, but no, is your head spacing, which I think you've now messed up because you're leaning My more head forward. Yeah. Rule of thirds, Don. Come on. Okay.
2: Rule of thirds? Okay. yep. We got to get out of here. Thanks, everybody. See ya.